Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Filling in for Brian Barnhart this morning is your host, Scott Beatty. Hey, happy Monday. Bright and sunny, a crisp fall day. What a way to start the week. We're so glad you're here. Brian is back tomorrow. Planned day off with the opportunity to take a long weekend due to no Illinois football, so filling in here this morning with Lauren Tate, Monday morning quarterbacks, as we do throughout the season on a Monday. That's my second go-around with you on a Monday. Yeah, where do you want to start? you got about 100 different ways. No kidding. We've got college football to talk about. We've got the NFL. We've got Major League Baseball. Chris Thomas, Illinois volleyball coach, is going to join us live here at the bottom of the hour. They're off to a 2-0 Big Ten start, beating Maryland and Northwestern. And Central Football had a disappointing outcome, but oh, an otherwise beautiful day on Saturday. Yeah, it was a nice day, but they gave up 69 points. I, I was there for the first touchdown, at least. I saw them get ahead. <laughs> they were ahead 7 to nothing. That yeah. didn't last long. If they would have ended the game then, it would have, they would have <laughs> felt good. But I think everything else was a, was a good day there at McKinley Field for their first varsity game over there. So those are just some of the directions that we could go. 217-356-9397 is the number. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 217-351-5357. How about your day yesterday? Why don't we start there? Well, I'll tell you what. I went to the Bear game, and, and I will tell you that, that I'm happy to report that the Bears beat Lovey and Houston. <laughs> Lovey Smith uh, is the coach of uh, the Houston team, and they didn't look very good, and the Bears didn't look very good, and the Bears won with a kick at the very end after an interception. I came away with one feeling that, is it really true? And I think Boomer Esiason said this. Is Chicago where quarterbacks go to die? Fields looked not like a pro quarterback. He just didn't. I mean, he threw the ball poorly. He threw for 99 yards or something for the game. Uh, and it makes you wonder, if you look back on all these quarterbacks they've had going back to Jim McMahon, Harbaugh, McNown, Grossman, Trubisky, now Fields, all drafted with the idea that this is the guy that's going to take us where? <laughs> Back know. to the Super Bowl. But. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think they're going there. And, and this was a win, but it was not impressive. You walk away with, it, with the realization that the Bears aren't going to win the division by any means. Nope. And then you watch uh, last night. I saw uh, I got home in time, just in time to see the end of the, uh, of the Green Bay win over – uh, uh, the Dolphin, uh, uh, Tampa Bay, uh-huh. and there again, uh, a very interesting game because it was fourteen to three with with minutes to go, two minutes to go, and wound up re- revolving around a two point conversion that wasn't made, fourteen to twelve. So Brady marched him down the field just like he always does. Scored three points in the first fifty eight minutes, scored a touchdown in the last minute, and what happened? They took too much time getting ready for the conversion. Had to, they got 
penalized five yards. Instead of it being a three-yard play, it was an eight-yard play, and the pass was knocked down, and that was the end of the game. You know, the Bears did something smart there at the end in terms of game management because they were talking about on the telecast, and I don't know if you were uh, no, thinking I about it. No, wasn't aware of the telecast. Well, right, but I don't know if you were thinking about this as you were watching. So the Bears are in the red zone with whatever was left in the ball game. Yeah. It was a tie game. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, it was a minute or so. Uh-huh. And and they're talking about, will the Texans just let them score? And the Bears said, we're not going to even try to score. We're going to take our knee, uh-huh. bleed the clock down and to three seconds goal. and kick yeah. the field goal. And in that sense, in that instance, the worst that happens is you go to overtime. Mm-hmm. If you miss the field goal, which was a chip shot, you shouldn't, mm-hmm. NFL kickers shouldn't miss it, but stranger things happen. Uh, but... But they were not going to do the old, uh, you know, here, part the sea here and just walk into the end zone and so we can get the ball back. Well, I will tell you, when Smith intercepted it, he intended to score. He tried to score. They tackled him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and he could have. I mean. <laughs> it, was, it was close. I it mean, was an arm tackle by the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mills, the, the mm-hmm. Texas quarterback, just kind of yeah. reached his arm out and yeah. somehow stopped a linebacker. I don't quite get the physics of the whole thing. Well, they get off balance when they're running. You know. Yeah, I know. They're not used to doing it. But it was a good win for the Bears, but not encouraging in the long term. And I don't mean to, you know, to, to spoil anybody's fun, but uh, the Bears aren't going to, you know, this is not going to be a great season for the Bears unless they get more quarter. And, and, and the protection is not particularly good, and the passing is not particularly good. Now, they run the ball pretty good. And even though Montgomery got hurt, they, they continued to run the ball with Herbert, and they were effective running the ball. And that's good. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, in, in that league, you better be able to pass the ball. And the problem to me is Justin Fields, there's just not a it factor yet in terms of, I want to say, moxie in the pocket, uh, presence there, just just making the right decisions all the time. He's He can, he can throw the ball as well as anybody. He can move. you know. He can, and he, he's the first one that said, I played like trash. Yeah. He was not complimentary of his own mm-hmm. football, and, and it felt like a, as close to a loss as you can get while winning a football game. You know, one of the, going back to college football, you know one of the most impressive things on Saturday was the guy's name is Martinez. He used to be a quarterback for Nebraska. He just was sensational. And Kansas State upset Oklahoma. What a win. And he, he had, four, what, four touchdowns? I mean, he ran for 148 yards. He threw the ball well, too. I mean, he was sensational. Where was he, you know was he the reason that Nebraska had all those bad seasons? He was there four years. This is his fifth year, and here he is. Uh, you know he he was Kansas State looked really good. I suspect there was multiple layers to the failure at Nebraska. You think so? Yeah, yeah. I think like, you're right. Uh, but that's a feel good story because yeah. Kansas State is. Well, how can you not feel good about Kansas State? Mm-hmm. I mean. They wear purple. And Kansas. Kansas is 4-0. <laughs> yes. Basketball school, right? Yeah. The state of Kansas has all of a sudden risen up in football here. Lance Leipold, salt of the earth, former Division three head football coach. How long will he be there? That's the question. Uh, you mean when does he start in Lincoln? What's no. his start date? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it'd be hard to stay in the Big 12 when the Big Ten is going to have all the money. <laughs> <laughs> There's another opening today, too, in yeah. college football. Yeah, Jeff another Collins. Another yeah. head football coach fired. We're not done with September. What is that, five? I don't Three, know. Five? Is, is that what it is? I, 
Georgia Tech's looking now. That makes a difference. Colorado hadn't fired Durrell yet, by the way. Oh, that's true. That's still open. But he he's – I mean, I don't think that he'll be retained. It, it doesn't look like it. Yeah. Georgia might, Tech's head football coach fired, and and the leading candidate is primetime Deion, Deion Sanders. Sanders. You're right. You say leading. He's one of four candidates I saw. Yeah. Well, well, he might be the leading He's candidate. the only one I saw in the headlines, so it's, therefore he must be. Well, Dion gets the headlines no matter what, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, three five six nine three nine seven is the number if you want to join us on a Monday morning quarterback's edition of a penny for your thoughts. We do this every Monday during the season. Brian usually here. He'll be back tomorrow. And we go to the phones. Keith is with us. Good morning, Keith. Welcome to Monday Morning Quarterbacks. Yes, good morning. This uh, question kind of for Lauren. Lauren, watching the game and a lot of the college games, the linemen seem to be wearing knee braces, which is probably a very good idea. Mm-hmm. Is there a, uh, a rule uh, now for the NCAA for college wearing knee braces in the line? But I watched the a pro game yesterday, and those are not. So, well, I don't think the there's, a, I don't think there's a rule the on it. Knees? I just think it's it's a protective thing that a lot of coaches want to use. I don't I don't I have never heard that it's a, any kind of an NCAA rule that you have to have a knee yeah. brace. No, I think yeah. it's it's a good idea, I think. Yeah. Well, I I think for linemen it is. Yeah, especially. I don't know if you'd want it for for receivers or somebody, you know, that's running an awful lot. Mm-hmm. I I don't think. Well, look at the 49ers yeah. linemen last night. He got rolled up on and almost got carted off the field. He ended up walking off, but you saw how his leg got bent in a way it shouldn't get bent because yeah. somebody rolled yeah. onto him. Uh, Brady tore up a knee brace uh, yesterday sliding on it and had put a new one on, probably sprung it out of uh, alignment. But uh, it's probably a good idea for any of these guys that uh, got a lot of tonnage. Well, yeah, as as I said, the, the, a lot of coaches and, and in practice, they, they, all the linemen do it in practice. They yeah. don't want them to get hurt. And by the way, the Illini got out of their game Thursday. As far as I know, and far as we know, no injuries. I think that they're as healthy as uh, coming out as they were going in. And I don't know if they're going to get Josh McCray back this week, but they're they're going they're going to Wisconsin with a pretty solid ball club. Okay, thanks for your answer. Yep, thank you, Keith, for calling. That's really you know it's critical uh, that Illinois avoid injuries because the the one weakness, the biggest weakness of the team is depth. Yep, and I am a bit. Con- I would be a bit concerned too about running back depth. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying Reggie Love and Chase Hayden. Uh, they're just a step below. Well, first of all, Chase Brown is still leading the country in rushing yards, mm-hmm. and no matter the competition, that's something. Okay. By the way, did you see the top ten fiver from the Big Ten? Yeah. And Abraham's number two from Minnesota. Braden Allen from uh, Wisconsin is in And I read this morning that there are probably 15 running backs ahead of Chase Brown for the NFL in the nation. In terms of scouts or, or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I don't know how accurate that is, and I, but, I, you know, we, here, here he is as a, as a candidate for all Big Ten running back, which and the running backs in the Big Ten are, be, are the best in the nation maybe. Uh, at least they're, as in terms of their production so far. Maybe they're not the best in the nation, but they are in terms of production. When you have five of the top ten, it, it indicates something else, too. That this is a running league. This is a league where the, the running game is, is foremost in many cases. Yep. Not at Purdue, <laughs> but most cases. Well, Purdue this week, though, won by rushing. 
Mm-hmm. They did not have a good passing day. Well, they didn't have their quarterback. Yep. Uh, Aiden that o- helps. <laughs> Aiden O'Connell was out. Yep. Um, and so they turned to the run game. Uh, Dave Revson called it the one with their offhand mm-hmm. by using the, the run game. And, and, and they barely won. And Jeff yeah, Brown was not too happy. Well, Florida Atlantic is not a great team. Yeah. Okay. And, and Florida Atlantic could, win, could have won the game. They were in position to win the game real late, and things just didn't work out for them. I forget, was it a fourth and one play? I've, there was something that happened real late in that ball game that, that uh, turned the game in their favor and, and produced favor. But uh, in any case, I, maybe they fumbled on fourth and one. I, too many games at once. I was trying to watch Northwestern and Purdue at the same time at the end of those games. And on purpose? How did Northwestern come out? I never did hear. <laughs> <laughs> they lost on, well, ultimately a fumble uh-huh. at the, on the last play of the game, or second to last play of the game, but it was a desperation yeah. play at the time, too. They That's were, two really bad losses. <laughs> they lost to SIU the previous week. That's a head-scratcher to me because— they ought to be better than most. Yeah, Pat Fitzgerald has always found a way, he, after, especially after a bad season. He has been able to bounce back. But he's always had trouble early in the season against weak teams. He yeah. tends to play better later on. He does, ex- exception last year. But it, it, mm-hmm. he generally gets the best out of his team. Look, if and they put the the stat up the the. The record in September overall is not good, but the record in November is is really good. So, all right, lines That's are li- they've been beating Illinois every year until last year. <laughs> yeah, lines are lighting up. We're going to take our quick uh, break here and come back and get to it here on a penny for your thoughts Monday morning quarterbacks. Monday morning, quarterbacks. Penny for your thoughts. Scott Beatty with Lauren Tate. Scott filling in for Brian Barnhart. We got a full bank here of callers that want to weigh in on a variety of topics. I think first up, Bill wants to talk Bears. Hello, yeah. Bill. You're on. Yes. I just wonder if Lauren remembered uh, Bobby Douglas, who came from the University of Kansas, a quarterback for the Bears. In the oh, yeah. He played here. Oh, he, oh, he did? Oh, yeah. They killed us. Oh, really? I didn't remember that game at all. Oh, yeah, okay. I was there. <laughs> and they had a fullback who somebody will help me with the name. Who? What was his name? Great fullback. Doug, oh, yes. Uh, and, they, time, and they killed Illinois. They won by five or six touchdowns. Okay, okay. Well, I'm talking about two. Bob, Bobby Douglas was on that team, though? On, for Kansas, you mean? Yes. He's talking about Bobby Douglas, yeah. quarterback yeah. for Kansas. Is that sure. right? Sure, yeah. yeah. And played Illinois, right, yeah. And yeah, then and later, for, then he played for the Bears. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he could throw the football, buddy. I mean, it was just, just the zingers, and he could run the football, and he could do everything. But you know, yeah. anything else is going to fade away, I guess. Yeah, well, he's uh, he's one of the last really, really, really good quarterbacks that they. I mean, they've had individual seasons where uh, you know they weren't so bad, but they're, we're just talking about their draftees. And that oh, yeah. was the ones I mentioned: McMahon, Harbaugh, McNown, Grossman, Trubisky, and Fields. Uh, yeah. They were all drafted uh, high, and uh, all have been less than sensational so far. They've actually yeah. had 31 quarterbacks drafted during the Super Bowl era. Is that right? Thir- yeah, but you know, it's it's like it's like. Uh, uh, Boomer Sison said that, that this is where quarterbacks go to die. Now they 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 set what what the best uh, 
ground game offense yesterday since what 1984 somebody texted that in i didn't see that uh, we don't know if officially that's, we haven't confirmed it but that sounds that sounds possible yes wow, wow. and they the did run the ball well and by the way at the feels, same time hard to believe given the number of great running backs the bears have had yeah and oh, this yeah. was with a backup running back yeah maybe that's wow. not uh, I, I just wonder <laughs> if that's yeah, accurate okay. but anyway I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dispute it because I don't know. But, uh, well, thanks, way, Bill. Fields Fields ran the ball well too. He had a really good run early in that game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Bears did it with their legs. Mm-hmm. They just need to be able to do it with the air. Kevin is next. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? We're doing great. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I wanted to talk about the Illini Wisconsin game. But on a quick side note, uh, Wyoming scored 24 against Brigham Young, losing 38-24, and Virginia scored uh, 21 against Syracuse. But um, Mm -hmm. the Saturday game, uh, let's assume that turnovers and penalties are are neutral. Do you think Illinois can put enough points up on the scoreboard uh, to beat Wisconsin? And who has the stronger defense between the two teams? Well, I, I don't think yeah, we know that for questions. sure. I think that yeah, I think it's a really good question. I think right now I would I would lean toward Illinois, but that may be uh, prejudice on my part. Um, I think if penalties and turnovers are neutral, which they never are or, or seldom are, I think that Illinois has got a great chance up there. But I, but but the problem is that turnovers and penalties are never neutral, and and you know you're going into a tough place to play. And they, they'll be favored by nine, nine and a half points is Wisconsin. The first line I've seen that I'm looking at here is Wisconsin's favored by eight. Okay, well, I saw it was nine and 9.5 yesterday. So it's coming down. So maybe uh, some people are getting on the Illinois, throwing some money in from Illinois. What do you think? I, I would be tempted. I, I don't bet, but, Kevin, I'd be tempted to take the take Illinois to cover on that. But still, every probably it's going to be a – going to take a, a mistake-free game, kind of what you're talking about, for Illinois to win this. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Day. I really don't know how to... Illinois has been strong in stopping the run. They've been well, tremendous they've been in stopping getting, the pass. They've been getting great, unexpectedly good play from Avery at the nose. Unexpectedly good. And the two tackles are both... Possible if they play well in this. If if we see Newton really play well in this game, uh, he's an NFL player, and I think that Randolph is also. So how you tell me, and I, and I tried to write it in, the, in my column uh, in Sunday. Illinois doesn't have a single defensive tackle in the NFL, not one, and they don't you know they would be this would be the first two guys on one team where you had two players like this defense at defensive tackle plus Coffin's coming on really strong at defensive end and Coleman yep and i'd say that Illinois got a chance defensively to to to, to handle uh, North, uh, Wisconsin's ground game and Wisconsin's ground game is really good set the over under at 44 i i, I don't know if there's going to be that many points on the board yep. One more here, and then uh, we'll be visiting with Chris Thomas. Steve, go ahead. You're on with us. Hey, I hope you guys can hear me over the combine. I'm standing out in the bean field. All hear right. You lo- hear you loud and clear. Okay. 
I just want to tell you the best game I watched in football Saturday, college football, was Kansas State at Oklahoma. Yeah, me Kansas too. The reject Nebraska quarterback, who you're talking about rushing, he ran wild, the running backs ran wild, and Oklahoma couldn't stop him. I thought that was terrific. Yeah. We, we agree with you. Everybody loves an underdog. Yeah. But the fact that Oklahoma thinks they got to go to bigger pastures and everything, I thought they got a taste of their own medicine. Yeah, they did. Everybody wants to beat Oklahoma and Texas, and they did it this weekend. Yep. Texas lost two. Texas Tech, I think, beat Texas. That's right. So, well, anyway, how's keep the, up the good work. How's the yield looking? Terrific. I'll have more to give to NIL. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Coach, Give it to the volleyball team. Yeah, Coach Thomas's uh, <laughs> eyes just lit up there. All right, thanks, Steve. You bet. Bye. All right, three five six nine three nine seven. Going to visit a few minutes with Illinois volleyball coach Chris Thomas. Quick timeout. We're right back. Tied for first place in the Big Ten as conference play started this weekend. Illinois volleyball. We'll be back in action on Friday at Huff Hall against Purdue. Chris Thomas is the head coach, and he joins us here on Monday Morning Quarterbacks. Normally, we talk on Monday afternoons, but schedule-wise, it just worked a little bit better for everybody here to do this this morning. So good to see you. Yeah, Congratulations. good to be here, especially after two wins. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first off, uh, a nice, nice uh, Huff setting. I was there Saturday night. It was very loud. Nice new video board. And... Probably a welcome feeling for you guys to be back in front of home fans after a long month away. Yeah, it was great. I thought the uh, fans, t- you know, turned out tremendous. And uh, Spike Squad, there was all the student section was filled as we like to see it. And of course, the community always great with their support as well. And uh, yeah, got the video board working, and you know, still some kind of uh, in-game glitches to work out. But uh, I, th- I thought it was good for a first run, and obviously came away with a couple of wins. So it was, it was nice to have. I know your non-conference schedule was pretty tough, but. Um, the the Big Ten, we've talked about it plenty of times, is a deep conference. And I had been hearing Northwestern's up this year, Northwestern's up, and Maryland, I have been liking the direction they're going. And you handled both of them. So what went well? Yeah, I think that's a part of the pre-conference scheduling is, you know, not that those teams didn't have challenges in pre-conference, but we had them every single week. And, uh, you know, both of their records on paper were better than ours. And uh, but you know the the Big Ten is the Big Ten, and and I think you saw that throughout the weekend, uh, all throughout the conference, and you know it's kind of the the old here we go. So uh, you know we handled business how we we needed to this week, and now a couple more coming up this weekend that are, are going to be uh, just the same. But we we got Purdue and Wisconsin, so we get some of the top dogs in conference. Any particular adjustments you made just for the tournament? Well, you know, we we kind of we had some in in the works already, and then on Friday morning, our one of our outside hitters, uh, Jessica Nunji, went down with with an injury, just kind of a the random sports injury, and uh, wasn't able to go. So we had to make a last minute switch, and we have kind of our Brooke Moser, who had played some back row for us, and she uh, she played outside and and uh, setter and and uh, in high school. I brought her here to be a setter, uh, but we know she's capable of swinging. We put her on the outside. She did tremendous against Maryland. On night one and held her own again in night two and uh, just was a great force out there. And then we we put a couple of their defensive players in the back row. We just you know our passing was was something that was lacking and and uh, you know we, we we made a few adjustments. But I, I just felt overall it was it was kind of more the uh, it's between the ears. It's not like we are a completely different team. It's the same team. That's well, you lost up a practice. couple of really tough three uh, two games. Yeah, uh, two. yeah. 
and that's and that's how it goes sometimes. And that was, I think, it was more about the mentality of where the players were at, and they were pressing to try to score points in earlier weeks. And uh, you know, sometimes when that works, you don't play as well. And this this week we played really freely. Uh, Raina Terry was uh, a, a beast out there this weekend, and uh, good to have her back in in that capacity. Yeah, she looked like she was all Big Ten, which I know she's capable of doing, but she just seemed to be kind of on a in a zone almost of the way she yeah. was playing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, she started off against Maryland five for five. I mean, that's unheard of, right? And and she continued the game really well, and then she had big-time kills when we needed it. Front row, back row, huge blocks, uh, passed really well. So it's it's the type of play that she's capable of and, and happy to see her do that. When a hitter in volleyball is hot in the zone, whatever it is, what is, what is working? Is it the power that's coming off? Is it there a bit... It looks random to somebody when you get a kill because you're just going up there swinging <laughs> the ball and hope it falls down, right? But there, there's there's a lot of skill and decision making that's happening in the moment, right? Yeah, so, yeah. That's uh, I'm trying to get an analogy. Is it like a shooter in basketball that's hitting threes? Um, you know, when it's kind of like doesn't matter where they are, they're they're in they're in range, kind of thing. Yeah, maybe it's it's I can probably. A little bit like that, and maybe more like a point guard driving the lane. Do I go up and lay it up? Do I dish it off? It's really that split second decision that really makes a hitter. Um, you know, everything has to line up. They have to recognize their feet are in a good position that they can, you know, get the, get the ball at the top of the approach and and take as good of a swing as you can. But sometimes it's full power. Sometimes it's off speed. Um, and Raina mixed up all of her shots this weekend, so it was good to see. Kind of have to keep the defenses on their toes and not get them used to just defending one shot. Because if you're a one shot hitter, they're gonna every one in the conference is good at defending it. So, um, yeah, it's just she made all the great decisions in the moment. Um, what and that's what great hitters do, and, and it turned out really well. And then Brooke Mosher, you remember you mentioned you brought her here as a setter, but you're using her as an outside hitter. She a bit of a Swiss Army knife as a volleyball player. Are there many that can do that? She's probably the the most talented volleyball player all-around volleyball player that I've coached uh, in a long time. And really? Yeah, she can do everything. And if if I needed her in the middle, she could probably figure it out. But, uh, <laughs> you know, for those two positions, I mean, she did it all through high school, through club. Um, you know, at 5'10", 5'11", that's not something you, we usually look for at this level. But, you know, we just needed her in a pinch, and she used every shot in the book, too. And uh, really good to see and, you know, frustrated the defense and – I think that was a, a huge part of our, our wins this weekend as well. Monday Morning Quarterbacks is brought to you by Berkey's in Urbana, your local Kubota dealer. Let's talk about Huff real quick and, and the ability to get there for the fans, particularly as the weather turns bad here. Uh, what what do you see uh, as uh, happening? Is there anything in the future for you there in terms of a, of a better place to play? Yeah, so right now, in terms of transportation for this season, it's uh, why the weather's still good. It's it's still kind of the same where it's this availability of Huff or around Huff. Um, State Farm is also available too. I know there's a golf cart shuttles that are going back and forth while the weather's good. Once it turns, uh, maybe in November, I think uh, when it, once we start playing November, they have the Peoria charter that's going to shuttle people uh, to and from the game. Um, in the future, I know there's a parking lot that's being scheduled over by the law building right across from the Smith Center, uh, so that's going to add a lot of uh, parking as well. And then, uh, yeah, it's wherever they end up putting us, we'll play. I mean, I know the hockey project got shut down uh, after COVID, and you know we we like Huff a, a lot. You know, obviously the parking has to be addressed, but uh, I believe our people are doing that. This question has come up several times now. Is there room near Beofield to build a building that might be for for volleyball, for example? Oh, there's room. <laughs> there's room for, yeah. for a building. It's just a matter of what they want to end up doing doing mm -hmm. with it, right? So right now I know that parking is used for football and such. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I, I've heard several plans being thrown around, but uh, nothing that's, you know, more You know, than, when you more, say more, that that's used for parking, Illinois has got better parking for football than anybody. I, oh, even yeah. if you took that away, they would still have the best parking yeah, for yeah, anybody. Absolutely, absolutely. So I those those decisions aren't mine. Obviously, I just you know show up and try to pretend I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, try to try to get them to serve it in and pass it well. well what have they there. done for for Huff this year in terms of making it better? Yeah, so that's uh, the scoreboard's huge, and if you haven't seen it yet, it. it I was told it was going to replace the the system that was already there, the old the old scoreboard, and it would just be all video screen. It's about twice that size, and so it really takes up that whole back wall and uh, adds a lot to the game. I still think there's more we can do to to engage the crowd and in, in some of that, but I know this weekend was the first run for it. Um, and yeah, the, the, other than that, you know, we're just kind of getting some small upgrades here and there. There's maybe more internals to the team, but uh, it's it's been great. So. Uh, coach, I, th- I think we have a call for you on that topic. Hey, fantastic! Uh, just uh, we got Lloyd, and remember, Coach didn't build the scoreboard if he didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, I, I run it during the game. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, Lloyd, you're on with the coach. Yeah, Coach, we were there Saturday night, and you just stole my thunder. That video board is is fantastic. Um, it adds a lot to the atmosphere and everything. And whoever runs it, and uh, it's they need to. Uh, to work with the people at uh, Memorial Stadium because those those video replays there are horrible and the music there I don't know the music but uh, yeah this guy's got a, whoever runs the one at Huff does an excellent job and it's a yeah. beautiful beautiful scoreboard yeah as as uh, you know Huff is not uh, a, a new building and so you know it's it's actually you know we're we we didn't have some preseason you know at, at Huff for one of two things and that was. One of them is that we weren't sure, you know, when the scoreboard was going to get finished, and they had to go through all the testing and everything else, and went through some glitches and whatnot. And uh, you know, we we knew that we we're going to have some, uh, you know, just kind of getting used to the system and getting used to the camera feeds and all that stuff. So I, I can promise you that will improve, uh, you know. But for a first run, we're fairly happy with it, and. Uh, we got the speakers working a little bit better on the second night, so that was good to have too. So, uh, but we'll get there like anything. It's a, it's a learning curve, and uh, you know, just like we talk, talk about with our team, we just expect improvement at uh, every single match we step on the floor there. Thanks, Lloyd, Great for the job. call. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Friday night at Huff Hall with that video board. Purdue. Yeah. They're pretty good, by the way. And then you go Sunday to Wisconsin. They won a national championship, by the yeah. way. Yeah, both know. both teams uh, in the top ten are, I think, Purdue's close to it. And um, they're going to shoot up into the top ten after this weekend. So uh, two top ten battles, and uh, it's always nice to, to play them. We've we've seemed to match up really well against Purdue over the last several years. Um, and Wisconsin, we've you know we've had some battles with them as well, too. And, you know, they, they won the national championship, but they're – coming off you know trying to replace a lot of pieces so we hope to kind of get them back on their heels and, and play our game and see what we can do i was going to ask you about purdue yeah it does uh you, you do have had their number a number of times for whatever reason maybe you don't want to say but is it clear to you yeah i can see why we've matched up well with a certain team stylistically and versus other teams where we just haven't because even if we're both really good it's just kind of how they face each other yes <laughs> right. Sorry, I just made your point. Right? <laughs> yeah. You said the you know, That's the no, second time this week. Yes or no questions. Yeah. <laughs> I made that uh, mistake on yeah, Saturday. I, I I can elaborate on that though. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I just think yeah, there's always going to be certain styles of play and training and 
how you do things and uh you know one one coach's way of doing it you know i, I tell this to the players from time to time and i'll i'll go back to a conversation i had with jordan poulter back when she was here when 2018 when we made our run to the final four she's like well do you, we're mid-october we we're doing decently and she goes ah oh, do you think we can do well in the tournament i was like well you need a couple things happen for you. you need to be healthy at the time of tournament obviously you need to make it there um you need and and you need your matchups to go well uh, because there's times where you just run up against a team and the matchup's n- not there. And I think that year Minnesota was, was higher ranked than us and they were hosting and they were going to be hosting the Final Four and they got matched up with the Oregon team that I thought was just a bad matchup for what Minnesota-style yeah. play was. So I kind of called that upset because that's I just felt like that was a, a match that they that they would struggle with and they did. So, yeah, a lot of it is uh, just pure execution. I mean, that's their sport. There's not a ton of plays that we can run. It's, this isn't like football where we have, you know, 15 different formations. We've got one formation and three different plays that we run on any given any given sequence, and then you got to pass well to do that, right? So it becomes an execution game. But for the most part, I, I think, yeah, there are some stylistic things that end up, you know, you can match up well against. And then, of course, if you got the mentality of, hey, we've played with this team before, when they have been better than us or whatever, you, you kind of have that mental edge when you walk into a into a gym. So we hope to have that here on Friday as well. It always seemed like the team that sets up the best has the best chance to score. Obviously, how how's your setting been this year? Yeah, Diana's been great. You know, fifth year senior, and uh, you know I think she's one of the ones that was maybe pressing a little bit in the preseason where she was trying to make you know some decisions and uh, trying to set some people that you know she, she felt like she had to do more than than what is was needed and we just kind of sat down last week with all the players not just her but but her specifically because she's the quarterback she runs it right and we're just trying to tell her that hey just make the easy choice we got hitters that can that can do something and we don't need to be super flashy and um, she did a nice job this week and just making the good choice and the easy choice and I should say and uh, really worked well and uh, just let our hitters go to work and which they did all right coach let you off to a new week of preparation, Purdue, Friday night at Huff Hall, 7 p.m. for serve, Sunday afternoon up in Madison at that old field house. That uh, also can get a little bit raucous in there, yeah. too. So yeah, We're looking forward to it. Yep. Appreciate your time, sir. Good luck. Thank Congratulations you. Congratulations on a 2-0 start. That's Chris Thomas with us here on Monday Morning Quarterbacks, brought to you by Berkey's in Urbana, your local Kubota dealer. We'll get a news update here. It's brought to you by First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since 1865. Visit firstmid.com to find out more. Monday Morning Quarterbacks, it's brought to you by Berkey's in Urbana on High Cross Road. Scott Beatty, Lauren Tate here. Scott in for Brian. He's back tomorrow. And he's getting ready for Illinois and Wisconsin on Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff up in Madison. Wisconsin is not ranked at the moment. Minnesota is. The 4-0 Golden Gophers have entered the top 25, Mr. Tate, at number 21. Your aforementioned Kansas State Wildcats are in at uh, three and one. They've just snuck in. You see how hard it is to get in the top twenty-five when you're not in it before. Mm-hmm. If they'd been in it before, I mean, they'd be. Or let's put it this way: if they're if the if if what they accomplished, if they had the name Texas next to it, the University of Texas, they'd be in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Kansas State would be in the top ten if their name if, if they had Texas on their uniform. That's fair. There are no two lost teams 
in in the well, top twenty five. No, there couldn't hardly be. No, it's too early for a two loss two loss team. You give them another week, and Notre Dame will be in there. Georgia <laughs> is number one, remains number one. Uh, Alabama two, Ohio State three. They're all four and zero. Oh. I disagree with Bob. I put I'm not a voter, and Bob is, but I think Georgia's number one. But that's easy to say when fifty five out of whatever it is sixty three voters agree with you. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not out on a limb there, but I, I, I could see where you get there. Um, but you know, Kansas is not in the top twenty five either at well, four. No, and at of four and not. Oh. They're Kansas. Put Texas on the uniform. <laughs> what would you do? But uh, the Gophers uh, look the the Big Ten West um, is is open. Oh, but it's still. I mean, based everybody's on. on Everybody's jumping on Minnesota now, but really, come on. It's still early. It is still early, but they did look impressive. It's not easy to go into. And I know you, you, Michigan State coming here in November, you've been concerned about that one. But now Michigan State looks like they're a peg down. Well, yeah, they definitely look like they're a peg down. Their pass defense is terrible. I mean, yeah, and they lost a couple cornerbacks. They're, They're vulnerable as the devil. But uh, do I think it's a, a pushover for Illinois? No. no. <laughs> not in, I think all these games are just going to be tough as they can be. I think Illinois will be a, a, but probably be an underdog in most of the games. Now the Michigan State thing, look, I'm not going to try to guess what the, what the spread is on a game a month from now. I don't know who's no, going to no, be, no. be playing for them, and I don't know who's going to be playing for Illinois. Illinois depth still worries me. In addition to all the – on-field action this weekend, there was also the Hall of Fame weekend for Illinois. Jeff is on the line. He has a thought about that. Jeff? Hi. Good morning, uh, guys. And, uh, uh, Lauren, I wanted to uh, ask you about something that I saw and has always intrigued me. It was in the book called A Century of Orange and Blue that came out a long time ago <laughs> It now um, about uh, the Illinois basketball team. And... Um, what they said was that uh, back at the, in the days when we played as Huff Jim, as it was known then, um, that uh, a number of the football players used to sit really close to the to the court and first have row the game faces. On. Really, you remember this? Oh yeah, because I don't. Oh yeah, they sat there in the first row when when I was in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that that predates me because. Uh, there was a comment that said uh, Dick Butkus and Ray Nitschke sitting there with their game faces on. And I mm-hmm. thought, well, that's a ridiculous statement, I think, because I don't think Butkus and Nitschke were there at the same time, were they? No. No, they weren't. Didn't think so. Okay. I thought you could okay. say that's ridiculous as if their face was ever different from their game face. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've seen them more recently. Are they more relaxed? Well, is Dick more relaxed now? He sounded like he was. Uh, well, he's older, yes. <laughs> he's starting to show his age a little bit, yeah. You know how people get J- when they J- start J- to age long? to do that. <laughs> they start to soften up. They're nice to, and pleasant to be around when you get to be older, you know. They're not as, you well, know, crabby and could, curmudgeon-y <laughs> as they were in their younger days. Well, he's still a little I, bit. He's still a curmudgeon. <laughs> That's why we well, love you him. You know, he was uh, he was interviewed yesterday at the Bears game, and they actually delayed the start of the, of the next play while they were talking to him on the, on the board. There, he was in the corner, and then when they came back and talked to him again, and he had an Illinois jersey on. 
Yep. He had a bear, bear cap and an Illinois jersey, University of Illinois jersey. Any other thoughts, Jeff? Not uh, really, except to say that uh, if anybody doesn't show his age, it's probably Mr. Tate. Oh, but, boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody remind me. He says, he says, I was with a guy yesterday. He says, my birthday is in November. When's yours? I said, November. He said, that's coming up. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> Well, mine's in December, and uh, so we're kind of close together there. But, anyways, yeah, I I had I I only saw one game at Huff Gym, which was the final one, and I didn't remember that. But I think that's a a fantastic tradition to have. All the football guys sitting down there and heckling the other team. That'd be well. I you know say all the football. I, I know that some. I I can't say that all of them. There were some football players who sat down there. Uh, in in those uh, front rows, uh, but I the numbers I can't remember. Uh, it's too long ago. Hey, thanks a lot, Jeff. Uh, all right, guys, have a great day. But, but whoever they had on the first row, even if you were a regular fan, you could you could harass the guy throwing the ball, and you could touch him. You could reach out and touch him. We'll come back, uh, hour number two, plenty more. We've got more football to to digest. Some of the weekend events with. Major League Baseball, Albert hitting 700. Today's the One first. other thing. Okay. Sitting through those three-minute commercials is unbelievable in these days. And I remember when, in football, the, weren't the commercials one minute Weren't the timeouts one minute long? Felt like it was. It, it feels like an eternity it at NFL really games. It really does. I yep. mean, the games just take forever. Okay, we'll come back with uh, more here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Monday morning quarterbacks. Join us for hour number two coming up. Monday morning quarterbacks, Scott Beatty and Lauren Tate. Anything on your mind sports-wise? We're here to discuss it. We've got plenty more in hour number two, the weekend in college football, NFL, Major League Baseball. We talked with Chris Thomas. Also, the Central Football game, first one ever at McKinley Field. Uh, we can talk about that as well. Join us here on News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. It's 10 o'clock. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Hurricane Ian is on track to hit Florida as a major hurricane this week. It's intensifying quickly as it heads for the Cayman Islands and Cuba today. In Tampa Bay, Hillsborough County Administrator Bonnie Wise says emergency plans are in place. We expect to have to evacuate over 300,000 people, and it will take some time, which is why we are starting today. We need to give people enough time to find transportation and go to shelter safely. CBS meteorologist David Parkinson has a heads up. It does not matter if you are in the cone or not. If you are on the eastern side of this storm, it is going to be powerful enough that you will be feeling the impacts of rain, storm surge, and wind. And storm surge is likely to be the biggest threat. Forecasters say Hurricane Ian could become a Category 4 system as it moves over the warm waters of the Gulf of Mexico before it hits Florida's west-central coast, Wednesday. Canadian officials say they found the body of a 73-year-old woman believed to have been swept away when a massive wave whipped up by what had been Hurricane Fiona broke through her basement over the weekend. 
This woman lives nearby. We didn't anticipate so much activity from the sea for us, where we're living. Nova Scotia's premier describes the devastation as immense. NASA hopes to stage a collision in outer space tonight. The goal? Protecting Earth in the future. Planetary scientist Nancy Chabot leads the team. DART is a spacecraft that's purposely going to crash into an asteroid. The DART spacecraft is going to come in at 15,000 miles per hour and hit it pretty much head on. NASA's goal to defend Earth from a potentially deadly threat in the future. November's midterm elections will decide which party controls Congress. The latest CBS News YouGov battleground tracker estimates Republicans are still in a position to win a majority in the House, but their margin is shrinking. Director of Elections and Surveys, Anthony Salvanto. People who say the economy is important, they're still breaking towards the Republicans, and that's really big, and that's why the Republicans still have the lead, but the abortion issue is why it's gotten tighter. Italy set to get its first right-wing government since World War II, and a woman is set to take the helm. CBS's Chris Livesay is in Rome. Her name is Georgia Maloney, and to the Brothers of Italy party, she's here to put traditional Italians first. Too many immigrants. Protect the, the traditional family, a family composed by a mom, a dad, and sons, for example. Italy's conservative superstar fiercely opposes adoptions and surrogacy for same-sex couples. Dow down 50. This is CBS News. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Visit LibertyMutual.com to learn more. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 866-88-BIBLE. That's 866-88-BIBLE. 866-88-BIBLE. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Filling in for Brian Barnhart this morning, Scott Beatty. Hey, appreciate you being along here today. Beautiful September Monday. Going to get up to the mid-60s today, and then uh, hopefully it stays somewhat like that the rest of the week. We're going to be a little bit cooler. It looks like, uh, well, I don't know, maybe maybe some rain later. Nah, I don't see anything there on the forecast. It suggests rain during the week. We'll see. Thanks for being here with us. Monday morning quarterbacks, not really quarterbacking an Illinois football game. 
uh, because there was no game over the weekend. Of course, they played this past Thursday night, beat Chattanooga, so now it's Wisconsin on Saturday at 11 a.m. If you've got uh, comments or questions or in the world of sports, 356-9397, or the text line is 217-351-5357. I'm going to throw you off for 30 seconds. You ready for this? I'm okay. going to talk about Appalachian State. Here we go. Okay. 63-61 loss to North Carolina. 63, four, 62 points in the fourth quarter alone. Crazy game, right? Yeah. Next game, they upset Texas A&M. Next game, they're down to Troy. Game's practically over. Hail Mary. Hail Mary didn't even reach the end zone. Flipped up in the air, caught on the five-yard line, taken in for a touchdown. Appalachian State wins. Yesterday, this Saturday, they had a 28-3 to lead on James Madison and lost. <laughs> or at it. least they blew the lead. I don't, I don't even know the final score, but I know they blew the lead. There were a lot of good college football games this past weekend in terms of being close, and there were a ton of close NFL games in the score. Oh, man. I looked at, I looked at my uh, phone at one time, and the, the scores were 14-14, 14-14, and 14-13, the first three games I looked at. That NFL, the, the competition is so tight. Colts beating the Kansas City ball club. I mean, just imagine the Chiefs losing to, to the Colts. Join us on the phone lines. First up here, it's Chris. Hey, Chris. Hi, Scott Lord. How you doing today? Doing great, sir. What's on your mind? Of course, there's a lot of good high school football locally, but uh, one team you don't want to come out and see is uh, Muhammad Summer Bulldogs. Uh, they pretty, pretty uh, offensively and defensively. Um, they're really doing great this season, undefeated, and they have Quincy Notre Dame coming into town uh, Friday night in Muhammad. So I just want to throw that out at you guys. Uh, it's just a fun team to watch on both sides of the ball and very explosive um, uh, both sides. So I uh, just want to give a, a shout-out to the Bulldogs of Muhammad. They're playing great. One of the things I love about high school yeah. football is mm-hmm. you can uh, you, 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 you can have, have things turned around pretty quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, and and there there were some down seasons there not too long ago, and they're they're back up. And by the way, not to deter anyone from going to see the game you just mentioned, but it will also be broadcast on our sister station, Light Rock ninety seven five. It's the game of the week this week for us. So Joey and Col- Joey and Colin will be uh, on the call, so folks can bring the radios out too. Hey, sounds good. Hey, thanks, Scott. You guys keep up doing a great job. Have a great day. Love it. Thank you. In my time in Champaign, I've never seen a school system blow up the way Appala- uh, Appalachian State. Appalachian State, by the way, did lose to Mad- James Madison, thirty-two to twenty-eight, <laughs> after leading twenty-eight to three. Yeah, that, I just looked it up. But um, Muhammad Seymour is just expanding so fast. Yep. And it, I mean, we just had a volleyball coach here, Chris Thomas. He just moved to there. I mean. Josh Whitman just moved there. I don't. Brad Dancer moved there. I don't know how many football coaches live in Muhammad. It's just they're getting population and they're getting a lot of school age kids. Yep. And a lot of them want to play football. And what do you know? The schools are getting crowded. Yeah, and they they got to figure out some way to improve the the facilities. With I'm not sure they can do that. They don't have the votes. I don't think. All right. To Alan. Hello, Alan. Morning, guys. Uh, you know, uh, long at the football game, they have a commercial clock, I call it, in the end zone. And uh, in between quarters, it seems like it's a four-minute uh, 
four-minute timeout, and then they have others that's three-minute, and they have a two-minute, and sometimes they have a two-minute, 30-second. You talking NFL? Uh, no, I mean at the stadium there. If you look in the end zone and the horseshoe, there is a timeout that tells you how long ah. timeout's going to be. Okay. You were talking about the Bears game yesterday yeah, I was before about, the break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. The Bears game. Oh, well, well, the great thing about the bad. Bears game is that they do things. Well, you you don't have to watch the commercials when you're at the game. You get to watch whatever they whatever they present during that three minutes, which is better than the commercials, maybe. But I don't know. Well, you do that at U of I too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somewhat. That's right. Noted exception for the radio advertisers on our broadcast, <laughs> but <laughs> well, it's it, uh, it really. Uh, it's changed the game dramatically. The, yeah, it has. Uh, football is a television product. That's right. It's it's uh, different. Baseball is different. I don't, you know, in between well, innings is all right. You're just outside. You're having a good time. Football, there everything's geared towards the television experience. What else in your mind, yeah. Alan? Uh, baseball. Uh, Cardinals are not playing very good right now. I'm a little concerned about. Now they're pitching and they're hitting. Goldschmidt has all of a sudden has lost his power, and he looks lost at the plate a lot of times. And uh, what is Tyler O'Neill's injury, you know? I don't know his injury, but he's always injured, so I don't worry about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he makes a big difference when he's in the lineup. You really times. think so? Okay. At times, I think he does. Yeah, at times, everybody does. You're right. But, uh, but I mean, he's a better hitter than Carson is. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you count on Lars Newport, but he's playing pretty well. But I think they got some holes in there. It's going to be hard yeah. to pick. Someplace. Yeah, they just they need to be high at the right time. Uh, Goldschmidt hadn't had a home run since September the 7th. And I think he's something like four out of 20-something in his recent hitting. And he, he swings and misses an awful lot. But the, the yeah, Cardinals aren't – look, this is not a good Cardinal team for a playoff. That doesn't mean they can't win, but they're not built for it. They don't have an ace pitcher. Who is your starting pitcher in the first game of the playoffs? They're going to be home. They're going to be playing uh, Philadelphia or San Diego or somebody. I don't know who they're going to play. And uh, who's your starting pitcher? Probably going to be either Wainwright or Montgomery. Well, it isn't going to be Montgomery. I mean, he's pitching bad. Well, it'll probably be Wainwright. Well, I don't think I, – I don't know. I mean, the guy I that's pitching trust, better than anybody is Quintana right now. He's been the, mo- he's been the trust, sharpest uh, the last few outings. I don't trust Flaherty. I hope they don't go with him. <laughs> well, Nicholas uh, maybe. Maybe it'll be Nicholas. Well, it could be. He pitched good the last time. So did. I just named five guys. <laughs> let me so let me let me say when it comes to who the Cardinals are going to start yeah. in the playoffs. Okay. The same thing I have to tell my daughter when she refuses to pick something to get dressed. You have to pick one. I don't care that you don't like any of it. You have to wear something to school. They have to pitch somebody. That's right. I don't care okay. that you don't like any of them. You have to pit, pick one. All That's right. right. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Well, Thanks a lot, Alan. Three five six nine three nine. The Cardinals right have a choice of five five hundred pitchers. Five, they're roughly five hundred pitchers. Not five hundred in number. <laughs> they win half the time and they lose half the time. That's what they are. That's these some, are these are problems right now. The White Sox and Cubs fans wish they had. <laughs>
But the Cardinals are 25 or so games over 500, maybe 26. I don't know, but uh, they uh, they they must have they must be doing something right to to be that far over 500. Three, the magic number, by the way, is now three, thanks to Cincinnati yesterday. What, say again? Cincinnati beat Milwaukee yesterday, oh, yeah. so the the magic number is three. Yep, for the Cardinals. Get the champagne on ice. We have more Monday morning. They got court. two games, but they got Tuesday and Wednesday. They play Milwaukee at Milwaukee. Could clinch it there, or the or or it could be reduced to five games. There are seven games right now ahead. They could be reduced to five. We are back with more Monday morning quarterbacking right after this. Join us. What do you mean I get the whole store? I'm Dennis Regan, chairman of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. And when we promise you the whole store, we mean all we do is appliances. We offer a showroom full of the top appliance brands, complete with our free 10-year protection plan. Who does your warranty work? Some outbid with a 1-800 number? No way. Our service and installation technicians are employed and factory trained by us. And our protection plan means you pay nothing for covered repairs. So I get a free 10-year protection plan, a guaranteed best deal, a hometown service department, and a showroom full of name brand appliances? Wow! Hey, lady, that's my line. All we do is appliances, and we do them better than anyone else. Wow! The Urbana Park District wants to thank you for voting Crystal Lake Park Family Aquatic Center for Best Pool in the 2022 People's Choice Awards. While the pool is closed for the season, you can still swim this fall and winter at Urbana Park District's Indoor Aquatic Center. Open Monday through Saturday for open swim. Punch cards and memberships are available, and it's a great place to rent for parties. For more information, call the Aquatic Center at 217-284-7665. Urbana Park District, you belong here. Join Paul Rudy and special guest, economist Fred Gertz, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. for Paul Rudy's On the Money radio show. Among the topics they'll discuss, investing, what types of insurance should you consider, mortgage rates, CD rates, and more. And don't forget to call in anytime with your questions during the show. It's Paul Rudy's On the Money, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., right here on News Talk 1400 WDWS. Get the answers for your lawn and garden problems from the Prairie Gardens plant experts. Live Saturday mornings at 8.15 here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 Monday morning quarterbacking. Until 11 a.m. this morning, join us on the phones, 217-356-9397. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 217-351-5357. Monday Morning Quarterbacks brought to you by Berkey's in Urbana on High Cross Road, your local Kubota dealer. Well, Central Football got beat soundly by Wheaton St. Francis at that ball game against uh, at McKinley Field, that was uh, so much a topic of conversation around here. But let me tell you, it was a beautiful day to have a football game. And a texter here says, I attended the Central game on Saturday, and other than the score, it was a great day. The administration and the booster club did a wonderful job. There cannot be any complaints. Ran so smoothly. 
Lots of work was put into the day, and the team was so grateful. Yeah, I, I, I've never seen a game that was so lopsided, so incredibly lopsided, that really everybody came away smiling <laughs> <laughs> happy with it. <laughs> you know, I mean, once it got out of hand, I mean, you knew you weren't going to win, so it didn't matter what the score was. Ultimately, it was a loss, and so what? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was. A- and, and the star player, McMillan, for. Uh, for Wheaton St. Francis was injured on the first play of the game and came out of the game at the quarter and uh, never played the last three quarters. And, and of course, he was he's coming to Illinois. He's going to enroll early at Illinois. He's, he's on scholarship to Illinois. He's one of the football players that Bielan was offered a scholarship to. Yeah, I saw several of the media members to cover Illinois were out there just to talk to T.J. McMillan. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what... It would have been like there were not a lot of students there because it was a Saturday afternoon and a lot of them are off doing their sports or whatever, what other uh, activities they were. Um, But I can't I mean, people told me I I haven't been to one, but they hold track events there. There's more people there for a track event than there was at this football game. And I'm not I'm not denigrating the football game. I'm just saying. There's other events that are held there, like JV football, mm-hmm. track and field, mm-hmm. um, that are about the same kind of crowd by the time it's all said and done. Maybe there was a little bit more. I don't know. I, I, I didn't hear an attendance number in an official capacity, but people around there were estimating at about 400. Well, they had a, they had a limit of 700. They weren't going to allow more than 700 people in, I guess. And they expected... Uh, Maybe a few more people from Wheaton St. Francis that did not come. So I, I, I suppose at the end of the day, they, there was all kinds of barricades up. You could only get in one way, out one way, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't get off Prospect and go down the streets. Daniel was blocked. I, uh, my son Travis lives on Daniel, about a half a block in from Prospect, and I couldn't get into to his house. He he said he was going to leave a room for me to park there. But I, I just turned left and parked on the other side of Prospect and, and on the west side and, and walked across. I, I understand. I think at the end of the day, the argument for some— It was an w- overreaction by everybody. Yeah. Just let everybody park where they want to. Come on, guys. You're going to be inconvenienced for three hours from 1 to 4 on a Saturday, one time a year, maybe one time in your lifetime. Of course, they're, what they're worried about if, is that what the people that didn't want the game to be played there— are worried that it'll be played there again sometime, and maybe it will. I don't know. They're going to need a vote. I, I a game if if it was Central Centennial and it was Central's game to host, and they did it on a Friday night. I don't know how you'd get everybody in there. That well, could be. I don't think you could. Yeah, that's a game to me. That facility wise, mm-hmm. maybe you have to play at Tommy Stewart Field, mm-hmm. like as was the case this year I already. Think that's right. But a central Wheaton St. Francis game, there's just not a huge contingent from from the visitors that are going to come down. And if over yeah. the years, over the many years, central attendance at games has really fallen. Yeah, I do get there is an element of you said you weren't going to do this and then you did it. Mm-hmm. And but at the end of the day, what's it harming? So. So well, that's my thing. As I said, I, I I think it was just an overreaction, but that's okay. Yep. 
All right. Uh, texter Benny says, congrats to the Tennessee Vols and the Buckeyes and to Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. And congrats to ex-Buckeye Justin Fields and the Bears. I don't miss Levy Smith. So Benny's got a bunch of teams all there at once. Well, Tennessee beating Florida is a big deal Yeah, in the SEC. And so, but uh, Arkansas, what happened to Arkansas? I thought they were going to really be good. Do you think they got a benefit of the doubt for being in the SEC? For being ranked and all that? Sure. I'm circling back to our prior conversation. Absolutely. About who gets it. Yep. Yep. Uh, And back to our baseball conversation, somebody replying to Alan saying, don't be concerned about his baseball team. I'm a White Sox fan. (laughs) <laughs> well, if a you're a White Sox fan, you're ready to start over. Six in a row. They need a new manager, then who, who knows how many changes. Yeah, very odd. What are uh, you going to do about Abreu? That's what I want to know. What's He's, Abreu going to do about Abreu? Well, they're going to have to offer him an awful lot of money to keep him. Yeah, but he's kind of become... Look out now. He's a good player. He is, but he's he's a bit one-dimensional because he can't move. Well, there are a lot of slow guys that can hit the ball. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, he's a cleanup hitter. Yeah. Three or four hitter, three or four, one of those two spots. But he's he uh I I would I think the I think that the White Sox need to keep Abreu. White Sox are uh 3 games from elimination or their elimination number is 3. It's a better way to say that. They're seven and a half out of a wild card spot. That's a long way out at this time, isn't it? Yep. It seemed like a long way for them. It seemed like it doesn't seem so long for the Cardinals. They're seven games from clinching. Baltimore is. I mean, they're seven games ahead. Yeah, Baltimore is ahead of them. They're four out of a spot. Seattle's got the last wild card spot. So it seems inevitable for the White Sox. Mathematically, still in it. I guess there's scenarios where they could. You have any trouble out. saying Cleveland Guardians yet? Or yep, you, 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 I've you, had to put some money in the jar. Because <laughs> I've done it a couple of times on sports. You didn't sports call talk. them the Indians, did you? I That's did. Not legal. <laughs> well, it isn't, but it was. It, it was hard in, to get. Put you in jail for that. Get you get it out of my. It's just what what they were. So. <laughs> Texas, join us Monday morning. Quarterbacks We've got more ahead here on DWS. Of the week are in Noah Lineai. Michigan gets a co-offensive player of the week. Running back Blake Corum. 243 yards on 20 carries. That's the seventh best Michigan rushing performance ever. That's a lot of yards. They beat Maryland by seven points, 34-27. Yep. I thought Maryland Maryland has Maryland's skill. explosive. Yeah, so they could put and up some points. They've been explosive for several years. They, they, they bust out every now and then with a lot of points. But Illinois, uh, I want to I bring up something about Illinois receivers. I think it's fair to say. It may be unfair to say that when the season, as of last season and going into this season, Illinois had the lowest-ranked receiving core in the Big Ten. Now, that might have changed when the Jones boys left Iowa. Maybe they, they, may, they might have been the worst receiving core in the Big Ten going into this season. But Illinois was down there. Nobody gave Illinois much credit. We knew we had Isaiah Williams beyond that. Well, Hightower was coming off a nothing year. Washington hadn't done anything special. Uh, you know. We, we we came in thinking it was Williams and probably Washington in the slot. Yeah. Well, now we've got a guy named Pat Bryant who this last Thursday had the highest 
power graded, highest graded power five receiver re- uh, record. Uh, and that includes Saturday's games. I mean, I'm not just talking about Thursday game. I'm talking yeah. about the for the for this week. He had the highest graded. I mean, he had a lot of yards. I was, forget now the number, but, but this is from Pro Football Focus, well, and they put, they grade every player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. And there's metrics that they use. It's not just who had the most yards. Mm-hmm. It's how you played on the field. You know he's a good blocker. We know that because the coaches have said that. <laughs> because mm-hmm. last year when he was on the field, he was blocking. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> it was a run play. But now Hightower's taking a step forward. I think he, clearly he's taking a step forward from last year. So now you've got Bryant and Hightower and Williams and Washington. So it isn't the worst uh, core in, in the Big Ten anymore. Nope. And they I like think- Hank Beatty as a freshman. Yeah, I think that's right. Beatty is is coming along, and and so uh, this is what these are the key players in this upcoming game with with uh, with, with uh, Wisconsin. If you can't pass the ball with against Wisconsin, they're going to load up and stop you from running if they possibly can. They'll have eight men in the box. They'll have they're going to be watching wherever Chase Brown is. There's going to be players with an eye on him. They're going to try to stop him. They intend to – the chances of him having another 100-yard game are not good at Wisconsin. I agree. And you need to pass the ball. And yeah. you need to pass the ball down the field, and you need to throw it to our guys, not their guys. <laughs> and that's not easy because they're really good. So I, that's why I'm saying that this, this receiver core, which has kind of stepped up here, particularly with Pat Bryant leading the way – is 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 key to that game, but the other crew that has been a big part of it has been the tight end game. Well, tight ends have contributed too. Yeah, you think we can sneak a, a guy out there that they don't notice for a touchdown? It's happened <laughs> a few times. <laughs> it has. You know, now Ford and Marquez and Ryman all have two career touchdowns. They didn't all come this year, but they've mm-hmm. spread. I think they all have. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, and I know Ryman and Marquez have had at least one. Does, has Ford had one this year? I think they've all had at least one touchdown this year. Well, Marquez has had the two, of course. Yeah, and, of course. And and the last one was a very interesting play, and because there were two laterals on the play to get the ball back to the quarterback to throw the the touchdown pass. Flea flicker. Is that what that's called? Yep. You think that's a flea flicker, huh? Flea flicker. I wonder. I wonder if that is a flea flicker. That's right. When you when you hand I, it off, and then the running back runs and yeah, laterals it back yeah. to the. Yeah, this this had two laterals though. Oh, did it? Okay, yeah. then that's a yeah. flea flicker flicker. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I believe that. <laughs> Kavion Merriweather from Iowa is the co-defensive player of the week. Returned a fumble for a touchdown, thirty yards. Had another interception that he returned for thirty-three yards. Three tackles and a pass breakup. Iowa also gets special teams player of the week. Tory Taylor, their punter. Punted five times inside the 20. Um, five inside the 20. Average of 42.6 punts, 42.6 yards per punt. And he beat out, uh, played a, a good punter for Rutgers. Mm-hmm. That was a punt off over there. Mm-hmm. Every but, game for I was a punt off. <laughs> did they have two defensive touchdowns in their win? Yes, the first two. Yeah. 27-10 win for Iowa. So they still win it, but they win 13-10 if they don't have those defensive win the well, touchdowns. 
<laughs> Those two touchdowns really changed the game early. This is what, look, this is what Lovey Smith knew. Yeah, most well, coaches know if you can get a defensive touchdown, if you can get a special teams touchdown. Uh, we were talking about it this week. Michael Martin, uh, we were talking about it. If you get a punt block in a game, 85% of the time you're going to win the game. Is that right? 85%? Yeah. Huh? These these are the plays. Mm-hmm. Look at last year. Illinois was right there, and then Iowa gets a, 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 kickoff. a kickoff return. It yeah. just It's a backbreaker. Oh, it's just a killer. Yeah, that, that was a shame. Illinois ahead 10 to nothing. Tanner Morgan from Minnesota, also a co-offensive player of the week, 23 of 26 with 268 yards, three now touchdowns. that's scary. That's mm-hmm. scary because if he can complete passes, they'll win games. Minnesota, you know, I don't think that they're passing. I don't think that Tanner Morgan has been that good. He's a good, solid veteran quarterback. Ohio State linebacker Tommy Eichenberg gets a co-defensive player of the week as well. And Ohio State, of course, beat Wisconsin 52-21. So there's some of what's coming up. Minnesota looks to be a little bit of the favorite here in the Big Ten West. I wouldn't count out wisconsin or iowa yet and hey illinois i'm not here to tell you they're going to win the big 10 west i'm here to say can't count them out well you can't count anybody out yet well i might count out northwestern Uh, well wisconsin i mean i'm sorry uh, northwestern and nebraska you can count out i'm willing to go out on a limb the lost indiana is going to hurt News is brought to you by OSF Cardiovascular Institute. Your heart is our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash beat. Final couple of segments of Monday morning quarterbacking after this. Monday morning quarterbacks, a couple more chances here if you want to weigh in on anything uh, sports-related. Tomorrow, Brian is in. He'll have a shorter show on the money at 10 a.m. tomorrow, so open line in the first hour. I've got my five things that I've learned about Illinois basketball since in the last three months, okay, two months, whatever. Okay. You ready? How did you get, how'd you get all the way to five? Well, I, okay. I, maybe I, maybe that's too many. I've learned, uh, number one, that Sky Clark is the only natural point guard on the team. Okay. And he will be the starting point guard as a result. Now, the question is, who is the number two? This is something I've learned. They're going to throw Rodgers in there. I think... I'm not surprised. They see Epps as purely a, as purely as, as, as a shooting guard. As a two? And a really good one. Okay. They like him a lot. But Rodgers is, is the best of the playmaking ball handlers. And he's a play, well, he'd be a perfect playmaking wing, in my opinion, in the fact that he can dribble, he can set up other people, but he's not exactly – he's 6'7", six, 6'6", seven, six, 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 seven. I mean, that's big for a point guard. I mean, it's okay. I mean, you can do it, but I don't know that he's, he's a that be a natural for him, but he can do it. The second thing I've learned is that Coleman Hawkins really is going to play center, and he and Dane Danger are going to share the position. Okay? And and we knew Dane Danger was going to be a center, but that's still a stretch for me to see Coleman Hawkins playing defense 
as a center. And offensively, he won't play a center necessarily either. He'll be this will be a five man rotation. I mean, this will be five guys moving around and oh, force, yeah. force the opposing center to guard on the perimeter. Now I'm told, and I'm, I won't believe it till I see it, that his shooting has really improved. Is that the fourth thing, or still part of the third? Oh, I don't know. I've well, lost said five count things. Here. Well, okay. But, we said Sky. Just but, to recap, the five <laughs> things Lawrence learned: Sky well, Clark's I, the primary point guard. Stuff out. And number two, Jaden Eds. F's is a be shooting. Well, one guard. of the things I've learned is that uh, Shannon's going to lead the team in nil money. <laughs> 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 you want to you want to argue with that? No. Nope. He'll also lead them in scoring. Okay. That, that's. And, I think that's a good that's guess. That's not something I've learned because he hadn't done it yet. But, <laughs> but I think that he is a leading candidate too. He's, a, he's likely to lead the team in scoring if he stays healthy and, and plays the way I expect him to. But but I don't – is it fair to say I don't know that he's going to be the dominant scorer? No, I don't think they're going to have a 20-point score. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's going to – the, the scoring is going to be more balanced than, than we've seen, I think, uh, with Melendez stepping in there. Mayor, Meyer's going to step in there. Goody's going to get his chance to play. And, you know, a coach is going to play 8-9 at least – uh, and Goody's going to be a part of that. But I don't think Goody will start. I, I, I see a lineup without him in the starting lineup because I think Meyer and Shannon have to be in the lineup. Uh, Coleman Hawkins has to be in the lineup. Clark has to be in the lineup. Now there's another spot open. Is that Melendez? Is that Goody? Uh, who is it? You so, haven't learned that one yet. Well, no, I think that, I think that we might not know that for a month mm-hmm. or maybe longer. Today is the first day of practice. Um, and it used to be this is, that everybody this, could could start at a certain time, yeah, at midnight. And there used to be the events called Midnight Madness or what have you to, and we'd all be out there, yeah, to watch the with first fans and everything official practice, yeah. And then I think they started uh, allowing it to be a little bit earlier in the evening, so it wasn't at a stupid hour at midnight. And then they started to say. You can start practice when you want within a certain window, and you're only allowed so many practices in a certain window. Mm-hmm. So the everybody's going to start at the same time, same day thing kind of went away. Um, and uh, some of us were talking about this that you know those events were were fun, um, but I don't I don't know that Illinois needs it to build hype. They just sold out their student uh, section and. Less time than this segment is. <laughs> Here's a question. Can you bring together a player from, let's say, Texas Tech or, or let's say Baylor or let's say high school or let's say a freshman that didn't play much like Melendez? Can you bring all these guys together, all good players? Can you bring together and have a cohesive team? Dane Danger hasn't played basketball for two years. Can well, see, he this be is effective a, coming off the bench and, and playing the center position? Because you know, if, if Coleman Hawkins plays defensive center, there will be teams against whom he will get fouls. Oh, yeah. he, he's going to have trouble against Michigan and Indiana, particularly because they got great centers that can score against anybody. So this is on the list of things you haven't learned yet. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole bunch of those. <laughs> well, I, I want to reiterate that I this is what I've learned. And haven't seen a single thing. Yeah. This is what I, these are the things I've learned from talking to people. It also makes sense given how they've talked about the players and what you, we've known about the players. Mm-hmm. That Sky Clark is a point guard. Mm-hmm. He's a freshman, though. Mm-hmm. Ty Rogers, he can distribute. We saw that in USA Basketball when he was mm-hmm. playing. But he's a freshman. Mm-hmm. And a freshman you- hopping between roles between the wing and the point. 
and just getting adjusted to it all, how's oh that going to happen? Oh boy, how do you, how much do you need him to learn one thing and learn it well versus several things? In the schedule, Illinois got really easy games at home and really tough games on away from home. Mm-hmm. Early, mm-hmm. we're not talking about Big Ten games. We're talking about all the other all the non-conference games. As the Big Ten schedule lays out, it might be a softer schedule as as it lays out on paper without seeing everything and i'm just yeah it's, a, it's a meaningless comment that's, that's assuming we know what the other teams are going to be about that, that's what know? i'm saying i how good is purdue going to be i mean they're right. as you put it in your column yesterday let's go out into the shaky limb of predictions you know that's <laughs> you know it's it but we'll see based on what you know <laughs> that's, that's the two words they're not allowed to say <laughs> we'll see <laughs> All right, uh, we'll do our uh, our final segment here. We're going to hear from Brad Underwood today at the media session. You'll probably hear some comments throughout the week on what he has to say as practice gets going. Tonight, this afternoon, that is, Sports Talk at 4 o'clock. Evan and I will have you for the first hour, second hour, with Steve Kelly and the News Gazette sports writers at the Esquire. Head coach of wrestling, Mike Poeta, assistant coach and former Illini star Isaiah Martinez will be in Person, a lot to grapple with there, wouldn't you say? <laughs> a lot to grapple with, yes. All right. We'll grapple for the rest of the hour in just a moment. Thanks to Adam Austin on our production side of this show. A penny for your thoughts. Monday morning quarterbacks. Scott in for Brian. And it's brought to you by Berkey's on High Cross Road in Urbana, your local Kubota dealer. All right, Lauren. We solved a lot of the world's problems today. We talked about the Central High School football game. Nice day for them, despite the outcome. Volleyball off to a 2-0 start. Chris Thomas joined us today. You were at the Bears game yesterday, and uh, I'm sure you came away feeling, by the way, that Soldier Field should never move, that it's very convenient to get there. (laughs) There's no place in Chicago that's convenient to get there for a Bears game. It's just going to be the traffic's impossible regardless. You know what's great about a lot of people in a small area. You know what's great about Soldier Field? Those shots they show overhead on the lakefront on a nice day and a football game on TV. That's about it. Oh, what a nice place on the lakefront. Goodbye. Let's move it. Make it convenient. Make it a nice stadium. Um, There were a lot of close games in NFL yesterday. By the way, we saw two safeties. If you watched, you didn't. If you watched the Bears beat the Texans, they immediately shifted to Miami and Buffalo down in Miami Mm -hmm. because that game was coming up on the end, and we watched live the butt punt. Did you see that? I saw the picture of it. It's almost an optical illusion. Yeah, it it is. It looked like the punter just punted it backwards. And had a baby. (laughs) Baby football. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you meant had a baby on the field. (laughs) Uh, so a backwards punt off the rump of his teammate mm-hmm. for a safety, but Miami still wins it because Buffalo could not get gathered after they advanced the ball down the field. They needed one more down to spike and try a field goal. Well, they, they sure look slow getting together there. And then did you see the, the image of the offensive coordinator for Buffalo? Yes, I did. Throwing everything in the box. He threw everything he could, reach, everything he could get his hands on. And then somebody covered that camera right away, realizing, yeah. Well, we saw enough, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then as soon as that was done, they switched to Indianapolis and Kansas City. And we caught the very end 
of Indianapolis surviving uh, because Kansas City and Mahomes had the ball and they, they caused a turnover at the end. But Mahomes had a few ticks to try and get into field goal range. And Indianapolis intercepted it, as I recall, and and sealed the game. And Matt Ryan, what do you know? An old guy still can do something once in a while. And then Tom Brady marches his team all the way, all the way down, and they get the touchdown and need a two-point conversion, and he takes too much time to set up the two-point play. The clock ran out. It was it really did run out, and they get a five-yard penalty. Now they got to go in from the eight, mm-hmm. and they got the pass deflected. So that was fun yesterday in the NFL. And then, of course, the college football scene over the weekend. Minnesota looked very strong against Michigan State. Iowa beat Rutgers. Are, are they vulnerable enough in the Big Ten West? Well, they're awful good defensively, and they'll yeah. get better offensively. They're, Iowa is a, is a dangerous team. They won the Big Ten last year for a reason. They played good, tough, hard football. Purdue just squeaked by. FAU, yeah, that, they were supposed. To, they were a dark horse candidate. That wasn't very impressive. So those were all. But they get the quarterback back maybe this week. I don't know that for sure. I don't think the coach knows for sure. Yeah. And Albert Pujols hit 700 home runs, not in one game, but he hit his 700th. Uh, was that Friday? And uh, what a great moment! Back for, to back homers in the third and fourth innings. Yeah, he hit two in one game. Yeah. And then Aaron Judge last night was due up. He had hit a big double. He had hit a long fly Puts out. a lot of pressure on a guy to hit a home run, doesn't it? You, he, he's feeling the pressure clearly. Barry Bonds was on TV last night and said, getting to 61 is the hard part. Once he does that, watch him hit five more. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But Aaron Judge was due up rain delay, and then they called the game after six. Well, pitchers aren't going to give you, you know, if they can, they're going to keep that ball away from him as much as possible. Brian is back tomorrow for an hour of open line, so join him then, and then there's On the Money tomorrow. Today I'm back at 4 with Evan for Sports Talk. Sports Talk at the Esquire at 5 o'clock with the News Gazette Sports Writers, and that's part of this busy week. Coach Bielma's show on Wednesday night, Prep Football Confidential on Wednesday night, all leading up to a busy weekend of football later on and volleyball as well. Fun to do this as always, sir. Okay. Appreciate it. That's Lauren Tate. I'm Scott Beatty. Thanks to Adam Austin. This is News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.